This is Power Players with Dan Clark. That's Dan Clark with another episode of Power Players with Dan Clark. Aside from my other podcast, this is the highlight of my broadcast career where I get an opportunity to interview the superstar student athletes at the University of Utah, my alma mater. And as you all know, I played football and baseball back in the day. I was, I'm so old, I was a, a cheerleader for Ben Hur. But I bring that up because once a Ute, always a Ute. And that red blood flows through our veins no matter where we go, no matter how old we get. And with season tickets at the U Games, every single time I walk into that stadium, because of these student athletes who take the game and take the tradition of the University of Utah so seriously, it allows us to feel the emotion of catching an amazing pass like Mikey Matthews does every game. It allows us to put ourselves in their position and pay attention to how well he runs a route, why he was a four-star recruit out of Irvine, California, out of Mission Viejo, Mission Viejo High School, which I've spoken at back in the day before he was born. So it's my pleasure to invite Mikey Matthews to the show today. And my job is to ask questions that every fan sitting in our section at least wants to know about you because your reputation is a hard worker. And when you're a four-star recruit, the question in my mind right out of the chutes was, why in the world did you choose the University of Utah when we're not famous for getting five- and four-star recruits? We're famous for getting three-star recruits. And then through awesome opportunities and awesome coaching, they turn into four- and five-star recruits. As you know, we put... I think out of all the NCAA teams in the country, we put, I think we rank second in the country as far as athletes that we put into the pros. So it's a great program. You know that. But I'll stop talking, Mikey. Talk to us, number 81 in the program, number one in your heart. Talk to us. <laughs> um, Why did you come to the U, bro? Because Coach Bump, before he left, um, he, he recruited me really well. Um, again, I, I felt like um, I was pretty under-recruited, and I felt like Utah was – pretty consistent with me and they um we built the best relationship and you can tell just with the coaching staff and like how consistent they are like that's how they're like they are with their players they're going to produce consistency and again like what you said they're second in the nation with uh, putting guys in the pros so that's my main goal is to go to the nfl so absolutely and when you say you're under recruited that really surprises me because of your stats you know you caught like 11 million passes you know all three years in high school so why, why do you think you were under-recruited when you had so much fame uh, as, a, as a superstar in that part of Orange County? I would say I, um, because I didn't pass the eye test. You know, my measurables don't really meet, like, recommendations or, like, you know, I don't look apart. But um, I feel like I separate myself just on the field, and I'm, I feel like I've just been proving that. But people are just starting to take notice now. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Strong Auto Group one of the premier supporters of the University of Utah student-athletes. So how, what are your measurables? What, how, high, how, how tall are you and how much do you weigh right now as a freshman? <laughs> a legit freshman, ladies and gentlemen. This guy's awesome. Um, on a good day, I mean, it depends <clears throat> if I'm measuring my hair or not. <laughs> I can get away with like 5'10", but realistically probably like 5'8", 5'9", like okay. 175, 180. Okay, but if you look at the NFL these days, every team has at least one or two as you would say, undersized superstars. Mm-hmm. So that means you have to make up f- for that lack of height in someone's mind with 
desire, with hustle, with skill, with your ability to separate from the DB to get open to catch that pass. So that just means, ladies and gentlemen, that he he's kind of finely tuned his skill set more than maybe a larger receiver because you have to. Yes, sir. And I have to be honest, you look so much bigger out on the field. So that's good. Yeah, that is good. That's great to hear, actually. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> let me ask you, so did you ever play defensive back? Yes, sir. I pretty much. I played safety growing up all through, like, I mean, I guess through high school, I guess, playing safety. So I just Both ways? Yes, sir. And how did that help you become a better receiver being on the other side of the ball? Just studying from, like, the defense side of the ball, just being able to, like, recognize, like, route recognition. And then, obviously, from the offense point of view, just being able to recognize coverage pre-snap and just being able to identify the coverage and run the right routes. And did that opportunity as a DB help you figure out what the competitive advantage is, what you need to do yes, sir. to ditch that cornerback, what you need to do to get that separation and open up around the middle? Yes, sir. Just because, I mean, you can do all you want pre-snap, but when the ball is high, you got to get to the right coverage. So you can only, like, disguise it for so long. Absolutely. So take us back to Irvine. Take us back to Mission Viejo. It's on the flip side of 405 from Laguna Niguel. It's an awesome community. It's, ma- it's, it's known for famous world-class athletes, especially in swimming, a lot of Olympians. And uh, we're getting some great athletes out of there as football players, too. So who was in your league, and what was it like growing up in Mission Viejo? Um, <clears throat> we were in the, the Sunset League, I'm pretty sure. We played, like, San Clemente. That was our biggest rivalry game. Oh, yeah. um, still don't like them. And then we played uh, Tesoro and um, San Juan Hills, but they were, like, kind of in and out of our leagues throughout the years just because of, like, I think, like, the school population. But, um, I mean, it was great playing competition around, like, this, the, this, um, the city just because um, you can just see how talented the kids are around this, uh, the city. But it was really bad, like, had a really great time just playing around, like, out-of-conference games. Like, we played Centennial, um, Los Al, Long Beach Poly. That was always a good game. Oh, yeah. They beat us last year, but. We won junior year, but it got us my last year. So. so I coached high school football here in Salt Lake City. We were the first ones to start teeing it up against Kahuku. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would watch films of De La Salle and Long Beach Poly in those schools. And you at, actually got a chance to play against them. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. So did you line up? What Was your your talent the same? Was your hustle the same? Was your coaching the same? Talk to us about going into those games and preparing as an elite athlete, yeah, I feel like I've always just been uh, been preparing the same. You know, I just try to keep it the same, just so I don't um, get like too nervous. You know, I try to like find my balance. So, um, but I always just always watch film, just so I can find little just little stuff um, to just give me an edge on the defender, just so I can just always just always be a step ahead. So, is it true that you rise to the level of your competition? You love those those better teams, those nationally ranked teams, because you have to step it up. Yes, sir. Okay, so take us to your pregame. How do you get mentally prepared? Uh, I mean, take us to two scenarios. Yesterday's game was uh, at 12 noon, so your your pregame preparation had to be different than if you were teeing it off at 6 or 7 o'clock at night. Teach us both sides. Okay, so, I, I mean, if it's a morning game, we wake up around, like, 8 o'clock. I mean, as, or as last week against Weber, we woke up at 8 o'clock, um, had a pregame meal, breakfast. Coach Witt speaks to the team, gets our minds right. What do you eat? Um, oatmeal usually. It's something like I, I don't really like eating in the mornings. 
What are your options? I mean, it's we got a, they got like a buffet. They got eggs. It's like a breakfast, a so hotel breakfast, pretty much. Some yeah. of the linemen go in and they gain like eleven pounds because yeah. they know they're going to lose it by the third quarter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we so always fed, like we're always getting fed constantly. Oh, that's good. food, yeah. And what's a typical halftime treat to get your energy back up, your electrolytes backing? I usually drink like a propel, like a great propel. Really? Yeah. They used to give us orange slices and Diet Coke. I'm like, really? Yeah, propels <laughs> usually help me out, just get my energy back, just relax. Okay, so now, so you go to pregame meal with talks, and what does he say? Does he fire you up, or does he keep you calm and basically say, hey, this is... Yeah, it keeps us calm. He just says that we're going to deal with that adversity at some point in the game, and it might be a little bit of adversity, it might be a lot. So he's got to get through that adversity and just just work through it and face it. Wow. And then when do you start getting the butterflies? When do you get the pregame meal, as I call it? When do you get fired up to ready to, to go to war? Right when we get on that bus, <clears throat> I start start getting my mind locked in. I start getting a little antsy, start visualizing all the plays I, I'm going to make, and just that's when I really get butterflies. Do you have a favorite kind of music? Um, I'm listening to like a chill, chill type of music. I don't, I don't, I can't like over, over like do myself because then I'm gonna lose all my energy. So I try to just keep my music mellow, like more like R and B kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Clark Phillips, a DB from last year, when I interviewed him, he says I listen to church hymns. I'm like, are you kidding me? And he goes, Yeah, just he just mellows out. Yeah, right when I wake up, I listen to my worship <clears throat> music. Oh yeah, you know, you know, get my mind right, and then by the end of that, like by the time that it, uh, my music ends, I usually just go to like R and B again. Chill, Very cool. Yeah. And then when you take the field, how do you how do you how do you corral your emotions to make sure you're not burning extra calories before the first snap of the game? Just focus on my breathing. Just try uh, not to like look how at the crowd because the crowd can get really big and noisy. So just keep breathing. Just focus. Very cool. So take us back to Mission Viejo. What what was your family life like growing up? Do you have brothers and sisters? Yes, sir. I'm the youngest. I got two brothers and a sister. My sister's the oldest. So I got, yeah. Um, I grew up, my mom, single parent. Parents were divorced. Um, so I always just been able to just want to give back to my mom. So I've always been, been able to just work hard, found level football, so. Were your brothers and sister athletes too? Yeah. My oldest brother, he's actually, or is a professional rugby uh, rugby player. Wow. Yeah. For who? Uh, he played at uh, plays with Nola Gold, and then MLR. Wow. Yes, sir. And then my middle brother, he played football growing up and rugby as well. Um, but he's he's just a security guard now. Wow. Yeah. What does your sister do? She's a hairstylist. Very cool. Yes, Are they still in Southern Cal? Um, my oldest brother, he's in uh, New Orleans, and then my <coughs> middle brother, he lives in California as well with my sister. Yeah. That's so cool. And how's your mom? Um, she's amazing. Did she, the rock. Did she uh, get to come to any games? Will she? Yeah, she uh, was at the Florida game. Awesome. And then she'll be at the UCLA game this upcoming week. Yeah, those are good. Those are good games. So, what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yeah. Um, growing up in California, I'd say Mexican food. Mexican, yeah. There's really good Mexican food in Cali. Haven't found a good Mexican spot out here yet. But. <laughs> we'll talk offline and see if we can get them on your NLI li- NIL list to take care of you there. Yeah, but. So if you uh, if you're a bachelor, if you if you come back to your apartment or your, your your dorm or whatever, and you're starving to death, what would you cook for yourself? Everybody would want to know that. Um, my Don't mom, tell me oatmeal. Okay. No, no, no. My mom. <laughs> I mean, if I really wanted to cook, um, I just moved to my apartment. Um, so 
the first meal I cooked in my apartment was spaghetti with my mom's recipe. So, oh, wow. And my mom got really good spaghetti. So No oven fires we need to know about or anything? No. You didn't smoke out the third floor or anything? Nope. Made some for my roommate, too, so he <laughs> said it was really good. So, That's cool. Really good compliment. So who uh, who would be an athlete that you admired when you were in high school and now that you've made it to the big time, who's another athlete that would inspire you to go to the next level? Um, I've always been a big fan of uh, Stephon Diggs. You know, he's also undersized. You know, just that. Who does he play for? Uh, the Bills. Yeah, he does. Bills, yeah. I've always been a big fan of him. Even when he was at the Vikings. Um, my grandpa was a Vikings fan, so I've always grown up as a Vikings, as, uh, as a Vikings fan. Yeah. Sorry. So, um, But when he went to the Bills, I was like, I'm not really like. So what number is he? Uh, 14. 14, and he caught how many passes on Monday Night Football? A gajillion. He, he had a lot. Though. He just had the go-to guy. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, and that brings up the question. So, uh, how how do you how did he become the go-to guy? You know, I was waiting for uh, for Dalton Kincaid, our, our our boy from Utah, to catch a few passes. I think he only had one thrown his way. He caught it. But how do you become that go-to guy? Because it's like, you know, Josh just. But, you know, he just dropped back and looked for 14, and he he never dropped it. I mean, he was the guy, mm-hmm. so no complaints. But how do you how do you become that guy? Do you develop a relationship with the quarterback out of practice or especially in practice? He sees you hustle more than anybody else. He sees you dive for balls more than anyone else. What do you do to gain that quarterback trust? Um, I would say it's not even just about, like, the on-field relationship. It's more about the off-field relationship building that real chemistry and, you know, that, like, telepath, telepathy, like, relationship-ish. Um, but I would say um, on the field stuff, that's just, like, in practice. You're going to get that chemistry in practice, and obviously you're just throwing around. You can just get, like, throwing mechanics from the quarterback and his timing down and see, like, like how many steps he wants to do with, with this break. So, so it's pretty much just being, like, on-field connection and also off-field, probably, like, bigger one. So you're the first one I've interviewed that talks about that telepathic Connection. In other words, if he's scrambling, mm-hmm. he knows you're kind of in in sync. He knows that you're going to get open someplace, so you can be his kind of hot receiver if necessary, right? Yes, sir. That's cool. Yeah. So, is can that be taught? If you were coaching, could you teach a receiver that, or does it instinctively have to just come to the field? I mean, you could teach it a little bit with scramble dri- scramble drills. It's like you pretty much want to make a flood, like a flood ish. Like if you're high, come low. If you're mid, you want to go high. Just try to find. Uh, spaces, but I feel like with the quarterback and just being able to like maneuver, that's just going to come more natural. Just being able to find spaces and gaps between the defenses. So in in junior high, who was your idol? I've always thought about my life, and when I played little league football, I idolized the high school players. We'd go to the high school games, and I want to be like that guy. I want to do that. And then I get into high school, and I wanted to be like this college. And going to high school here in Utah. They wanted to dine me as a junior, so I get to go up to the games and watch these guys. And I had no clue who my professional heroes would be or were even then. But I could name off three or four Utes that I just idolized. So growing up, was there somebody in your life that really inspired you to just work harder than anyone else? Because to be a four-star recruit, that says so much, Mikey. That just says so much about your character, about your work ethic, not just your skill, not just your talent. Yes, sir. So I would say um, one of the receivers I actually really looked up to when I was growing up was Dante Pettis. He played at J. Sarah with my brother back in the old, like, while ago. And he went to Washington. And so Washington was one of my dream schools. So I always just looked up to Dante Pettis. And I also trained his uncle as my receiver coach, Austin Pettis. So I just. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I just always, just always been a big fan of Dante Pettis. 
and just seeing how he was able to work. And Very cool. I think I brought up, this is just Dan Clark, six and two, but in my observation, maybe a three-star recruit is someone who has all the skills, but a four-star recruit has the character as well, maybe. I don't know if that's fair to any three-star recruits listening in. But it seems that the differentiating factor isn't just speed because everybody's pretty fast. Mm-hmm. And it's not just your vertical and it's not just your ability to catch or run good patterns. In your opinion, what do you think makes you different than another receiver? Um, I feel like I'm just – I'm able to be all over the field. I'm able to line up on the outside receiver. I'm able to line up a slot. I'm able to go play running back if I really had to. Um, definitely – we have some packages where I'm not running back. Um, but I feel like I'm just able to play anywhere where the team needs me. And isn't that cool? Yes, and just for those of you who aren't f- football f- fascinados or whatever the word is, I can't even say it, uh, the idea is to get a mismatch. So when you stick a Mikey in the slot and a linebacker has to come out and cover him, he can pray as hard as he wants and it ain't never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So t- take us to uh, your star plays on Saturday's game against Weber State. When, when was your first catch? I still remember that. Um, I think it was the screen. The long screen was my first catch. Yeah. How, how far did you run? I'm not too sure. <laughs> Were you out of breath? I was pretty, I was pretty tired. I'm not going to lie. I was pretty tired. More spaghetti? Yeah. <laughs> More oatmeal? Come on, Something. dude. Um, but, yeah, that was a good play. I like Okay, so take us to your favorite movie. If you're going to chill, what movie has inspired you and which one uh, Which um, one have you seen more than once? My favorite movie, <clears> always, <throat> for, always in for a good laugh, is White Chicks. <laughs> Love that movie. You're oh. so <laughs> funny. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, I was talking a lot to you last week, and he said his favorite movie was... was uh, Harry Potter, and I'm like, dude, you're an all-American offensive right tackle. Come on, man. Can't you say something better than, than Harry Potter? White chicks. Yeah, baby. You're going to go down in history, man. Yeah, That's white good. Chicks again. Movie. Well, maybe you'll be in the sequel. You know, Come on, baby. I'm, I feel like that movie doesn't need a sequel. Just leave uh, no, it. It, it just defines everything. I, I still, now you're, I'm going to be thinking, I might even <laughs> click it on tonight and just check it out and re- reconnect. Okay, so uh, <clears throat> put on the coach's hat for a second. So you're a freshman, and you're obviously very talented, very mature for your age. I, I, I applaud your humility. You're just a fine young man. I really want you to know that. Your mom needs to listen in on that and hear what a great kid you are. I appreciate it. How, how well you turned out. But how important is, how important is off-the-field image? You know, you're representing the University of Utah, and I know you understand. I always say you are the message. You know, you're a Ute. I'm a Ute. Mm-hmm. You know, if I ever pulled something, I guarantee that it would come out that I was an alumni of the University of Utah. Yes, so how, how, how does that make you feel? Are you, do you feel pressure to be a role model, or is that just how your sweet mother raised you to be? Yeah, I feel like that's just how my mother raised me. Even though I was always the youngest, I mean, I was the youngest out of my, like, my siblings, I, she's always just raised me to just be a leader and just always help out with people and just just always just, you know, just smile and just help people out and just make their day. This podcast episode is sponsored by Strong Auto Group, 
one of our finest and most dedicated sponsors of University of Utah student-athletes. So you take that attitude that the rumor is that you make everybody else around you better. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good rep. Yes, sir. Think about it. Um, <clears throat> if someone makes a mistake, if someone drops a pass and they get down on themselves as a leader on the field, you know, we always say, I was hurt pretty seriously playing ball at the end of my career. And everybody says, why don't you coach them? I said, because the coach is stuck on the sideline. And I, that just frustrated me. Somebody on the field needs to make a play. I know you've heard that your whole life, your whole career. So the coaches are stuck on the sideline, and someone drops a key pass. It's only second down. you still got to huddle up. As a leader on the field, what would you go say to your teammate? <clears throat> um, I always tell them the short-term memory. You know, As a receiver, it's going to happen. You're going to have drops. I mean, everyone in the NFL, there's, there's really good receivers that have drops in the NFL too. So you just got to tell them short-term, just on to the next play. Can't do nothing about it now. You know, just go make it the next play. And if your number's called, just make the play. So if you're a if you're an offensive coordinator and you call a play and the, the receiver's wide open and you throw it to him and he drops it, would you come back to him immediately on the next play just to yeah, build his confidence? For sure. Why wait three or four times? If he was that open this time, maybe there's a chance. So you come right back to him. Yes, sir. You always just got to make sure like they're in the loop. Uh, you you don't want your receiver to get down on themselves because that it's very big. You know, I feel like being a receiver is really mental because if you have one uh -huh. drop, you're just gonna think about it. It's really hard not to think about it, you know. Or if you have a, like a blocking like assignment, you miss your block. You know, you can't like it's really hard not to think about it because you messed up, and you the coaches are yelling at you. So you like you know, so you know you messed up, but he's gotta just think on to the next play. Yeah. So are you the kind of kind of athlete that you love? A coach getting in your face and yelling at you and you saying, you whistle, flipping, home wrecking, mother, blah, 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 and that fires you up? Or would you prefer someone putting his arm around you and going, I love you, man. We know we're better than this. Let's just go for it. Yeah. What, what style do you appreciate the most? I prefer the, um, arm over, the arm over my shoulder. Yeah. Pick me up, not the whistling. I don't like that. So are there coaches on every staff that are the, the drill sergeants that get in people's faces? Yeah, for sure. So what do you do? Block them out when they're nah, wailing? Nah, you just got to acknowledge it, accept it. I mean, you can't really do much while it's happening. Just can't get down on yourself and just just go keep moving forward. Don't make, cool. the same, don't make the same mistake. So when you're uh, – I'm so glad the NCAA passed a law that you have to be a youth for three years before you can go into the NFL. So hopefully I can interview a few more times. Yes. So let's just let's just forecast that you're a captain. You already are. You just don't have the C on your jersey. Uh, what would you say to the team before the game when the coach says, okay, Mikey, you got it. Take take the microphone. What do you say <coughs> before a game to get people fired up? I would just tell them we just got to execute every play. You know, when um, stuff, like when bad plays happen, you just got to go on to the next play and just execute. Just keep executing every play. And I, we, we come out with the victory. So do you get more enjoyment catching the ball and then the, the yardage after the catch, or do you like to just go deep and have him huck it? Now, I like I like the rack yards. Rack yards are really fun, being able to make defenders miss. And those are the statistics that really seem to matter, right? Yeah. Especially in the NFL draft. Like, look what he does once he touches the ball. Yeah, exactly. And I'm able to feel like I'm able to run through you or run around you and juke you. So oh, yeah. Keep them guessing. So it's really fun being able to do that. So what's what's your dream as far as uh, your 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 major? What what education are you pursuing right now? Right now, um, I'm doing communications uh, Trying to get into like sports broadcasting. Oh yeah, that would be really fun. I feel like 
just being able to just stay in the, the football industry, just in sports broadcasting. The million dollar smile and <laughs> suddenly goes, yeah, <laughs> your dog, your dog. So that's what you would do on the off season, you know, like Steve Young, you know, he's a celebrity from around here at BYU and I've known him forever, and he went to law school on the off-season, so we'd have an, another gig, even though he didn't become an attorney. He's a sportscaster and had a great career, so did so many of the other guys. You know, there, there are opportunities, there are schools that you could attend to teach you how to be a sportscaster, and you could probably get an internship while you're still playing. Yeah, that, so that'd be awesome. Anybody in the listening audience in the NIL world, there's so many folks who could actually help you. And How fun would that be to be in the booth of a high school game or something just so you start getting the, the feel. But that's that's the power of this NIL. That's the power of us supporting the student-athletes at the University of Utah. So we need you to kind of reach out and kind of tell us your dreams and teach us what we can do to support you and help you. And there's no reason why you couldn't make that a full-time career after you get playing at the NFL. Correct. I agree. Hey, it's Mikey Matthews. Let's ask him one more question. And I always do this. I put every athlete on the spot. <laughs> I want you to look in the camp. You're a four-star recruit. Have I said that seven times? And he's from Mission Viejo. It's like a hotbed of superstar athletes. They're used to high-level competition. You heard Mikey talking about some of the out-of-conference out of games that he had a chance to play in to really step it up. And you chose to come to the University of Utah. What I've asked every athlete to do is look in the camera. Here's your chance to flash your million-dollar smile and tell everybody, every young man in America, why don't just give me one sentence, bro. I want you to really get into it, maybe take 30 or 40 minutes, end with a meaningful poem or something. That was a joke. <laughs> Look into the camera and just tell every young man in America why they should come to the University of Utah, about our community, about our support. Away games are like home games because we travel so well. I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but go ahead. Yeah, like what he said, away games are just like home games. Um, Y'all seen the Baylor game. that We traveled real well. It was like I feel like the Utah fans were louder than the Baylor fans at a point, um, but a real like another reason is um, the coaching staff, they're real genuine. You know they're really, they really care for you and um, they're gonna get you right. They're gonna make you um, mentally stronger, physically stronger. They're, you're gonna grow. You know I feel like the Utah coaches are coaches like I'm gonna invite to my wedding. And that's all of them. So I feel like that's pretty. That says it all right there. Yeah. You know eventually my wedding, but not anytime, yeah, I was not anytime soon. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't have to ask you that question. Wow, this is going well. Yeah. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mikey Matthews, number 81. Slash zero. <laughs> I get that out. We've got to get my number zero back. <laughs> yeah. And as you uh, attend the games, as you catch them on TV, and you hone in on to superstars like 81, like Mikey, I want you to step it up in the NIL world. The name, image, and likeness matters. And in order for us to p keep ourselves in a position where guys like Mikey don't just come here, but they stay here because they become better men. They become better human beings. They become eventual awesome husbands, as you were just alluding to. Do you have a girlfriend? Do we need to, like, out you right now, man? No, single. Yeah, Put a ring on the bed. <laughs> Special shout-out and thank you to the Strong Auto Group for supporting in a relentless way our amazing student-athletes at the University of Utah. Let's just all step it up and... Um, and really support our athletes, especially guys like Mikey. And here's my little sales pitch, serve pitch on Mikey Matthews. When you can start supporting him as a freshman, legit four-star freshman, and you can speculate on the superstar that he's going to become every single year, a little bit better, getting more action, 
and end up with maybe, you know, 3,000 receptions or something, here's a chance to get in on this fine young man's career and life and really have a chance to impact him and uh, help him make his dreams come true. And if you buy into that, you'll know why I'm doing this and why I'm such an avid Ute fan because of the young men and young women that represent all of us here as University of Utah alums. This is Dan Clark, Power Players with Dan Clark. Until the next episode, go Utes! The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.